Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso. Another Dr. Peluso episode, How to Heal a Broken Heart. Coming off of Valentine's Day, I thought we could use a little help in how to heal our broken hearts. Maybe some of us don't care about Valentine's Day, but I was thinking about all the lovers out there and all the single lovers as well. They deserve some attention and some resources and and futility in, in it all. So this episode is about how to heal after a broken heart. And also we talk a little bit about self-love and what that means and how we can acquire some self-love. Not before I ask you guys to please leave a rate and review on the podcast. <gasps> there is a hummingbird right outside my window. I've never seen that. That's so weird. Totally threw me off guard. This guy was like ready to come into my... <gasps> he's right here. Oh my God, he's flying around. It's a sign. Mom... Please rate and review the podcast. Go to Apple, leave us a rate, leave us a review. Let us know how you enjoy the podcast. And if you'd like to send us an email, you can email us at jessiemaypelusocomedy at gmail.com or call the pod 513-916-0930. Leave us a voicemail to play on the podcast. And don't forget to head over to my Instagram story on Sundays and sometimes Mondays to leave a question for Dr. Peluso that's on the Instagram story, instagram.com forward slash Jessie Mae Peluso. You guys know where the YouTube page is, youtube.com forward slash Jessie Mae Peluso and join the Patreon. We are posting fun stuff there all the time. And without further ado, this episode is solely dedicated to the lovers and those who are healing from love. We leave some of the information in our show notes. So if you guys want resources after the show to see what we discussed, you can go to the show notes. I will list the top five ways to heal from a broken heart that will be available in the show notes. And I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode with Dr. Peluso on how to heal a broken heart. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 You're listening beep. to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie Peluso. Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss comedy how hard it is to make it in this biz i'm a fucking professional each week it's something different sometimes i have a guest host sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode sometimes i just ramble about the bullshit i dealt with the week before you never know what you're gonna get it's raw uncut and funny it's me and we're here this is the dr peluso episode hold on there we go the doctor is back and you can't really see but i have a let me show all the people I've got my Did I Do That t-shirt with the good old Steve Urkel classic. It's almost like a throwback situation. How's everybody feeling? It is a throwback situation. I am fresh from the gym, realizing how gross the gym really is. First and foremost, the gym is so disgusting. And I realize the more often I go to the gym the fewer times I'm sick. 
So there's something to being exposed to everybody's amoebas that keeps me on the the straight and narrow. So I guess I'm going to have to continue to uh, lick dumbbells to stay healthy and stay consistently healthy. There's so much I want to talk about. I feel the drive and need to do a Dr. Peluso episode because there are a lot of questions. But I want to go back. This is going back to the the Super Bowl, (laughs) which was 10 days ago. I realize that's a that's a not so topical anymore, but it's something I felt I felt something watching the Star Spangled Banner being sung by Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton, if you don't know, is an amazing singer songwriter. And now my dogs are barking, which I know you can't hear, or maybe you can. I really feel like you can't because I know I've bitched about this before, and it's just me complaining to silence. Excuse me, can you guys please be quiet? I'm talking about the Star Spangled Banner and the patriotism of this country. Watching Chris Stapleton sing Star Spangled Banner and the coach crying and players crying and everything was very emotional. And then we saw, of course, that video of the female pilots flying over the stadium. And I couldn't help but to think, what the fuck happened to America? <laughs> what happened? Men are crying over sports and women are flying planes. I don't know if this is the equality I signed up for. It seems like we're losing. It seems like women are doing more work and men are turning into emotional messes. The script is literally flipped. And the only one who I was hanging on to was Chris Stapleton singing the Star Spangled Banner. And I'm like, come on, America, we got to get back to our traditional values. Where, where men were men and women stayed in the kitchen. I don't know that I'm ready to fly a jet plane, but I'm happy for the women that do. And I also appreciate the men who can cry. Let's be real. Those things aren't bad things. It, it was a funny thought I had like, wow, what happened to us? not a bad thing it so much has changed <laughs> that's what I realized and it was a nice moment you know it's really nice to realize this coach had visualized that moment for himself for so long and and to see players get emotional it, that shows you the importance of who sings the Star Spangled Banner because Chris Stapleton is an artist who's able to access that emotionality I think had some other singer gone out there, you know, like Wayne Newton, I don't know if we'd have the same reaction. Nothing against Wayne, but it's all about the emotionality of the song. That's not to say Wayne probably couldn't tug at a couple heartstrings. I just don't know if he has the capability as as deep as Chris Stapleton did and obviously did because men were bawling their eyes out. That's a gift. You know, Chris Stapleton is magic if he's able to make men cry like that. Women should invite him over to their house to get their men to access their emotional side. Chris Stapleton should offer that service. Do you live at home with a traditional male? Are you trying to get through to your traditional male? Well, call Chris Stapleton. Let him play guitar in your kitchen. He'll make your man fall on his knees and cry. Finally, Gregory has a heart. Thanks to Chris Stapleton. Call us now. It's it's a, it's a magical thing. So I wanted to say that because I was thinking about it, realizing that we've had a couple specialty episodes where I haven't been able to, to discuss that. 
And a couple of things have happened. Some movies I've watched. First of all, I was driving down Venice Boulevard. Now, in, in L.A., there's a lot of billboards everywhere. But particularly on Venice Boulevard, there seems to be a, an exorbitant amount of billboards. And I found myself pulling up to the light and... There was a billboard, a for your consideration billboard for the Emmys, I believe it is, with Gene Smart, who is the lead of Hacks, that show that depicts a female comedian, a quote unquote aging female comedian who can't write anymore because God forbid a woman's able to use her brain past a certain age. It's just the, t- it's just the, the plot of the show. You got to watch it. It's it's interesting show. And... I felt myself thinking, I wonder where Jean has been all these years because she was popular in the 80s and 90s, I believe. Let's pull up her IMDb so I don't butcher this and, and, and realize that she had done things and I'm here like, well, where did she go? And that's a thought I had. I thought, well, where, where did Jean Smart go? She's an American actress uh, beginning her career in regional theater in the Pacific Northwest. I wonder what that's like doing regional theater in Seattle. That's got to be interesting. She's been around for a hot freaking minute designing women. That's where I believe she started her career. That was in the late 80s, early 90s. And that show went on for a hot minute. But she also was on Frasier. She did a couple movies, Sweet Home Alabama. She did Bringing Down the House. So she's got, you know, she has a filmography. She bunch of movies. Um, but I feel like she was in and out and the whole point was, I mean, you look at her career, she's had a very lustrous career, so I stand corrected, but not everything's a home run. And I also feel like, um, and that's to be said for every career industry. I also feel like there's so much information that we have that we don't, we, we don't focus on people as much anymore, like before social media and everything, you know, we, celebrities, the, the, the net has been cast wide, but it, she has had a pretty consistent career. But I remember pulling up and seeing this billboard and thinking, where did Jean Smart go? And people think that sometimes, right? You see these actors that come out of nowhere after being gone for so long, but she really hasn't been gone. We just don't have uh, the retaining power that we used to, or maybe I'm projecting because I'm looking at her her movies and you know she, the couple I haven't heard of Barry Monday Change of Heart When Calls the Heart High Society I did see Life itself Audrey's Rain which you know sounds like a lifetime movie of a woman crying in the kitchen Killer Instinct Super Intelligence which which I just saw recently and I believe I spoke about it on this podcast which I think you guys should check out A Simple Favor which I think was a remake that was Paul I think Paul Feig directed that, which is strange. Let me see who directed this. Uh, yeah, Paul Feig directed that. So she's had, she's been working. You know, the the, the chick's been working. But we, we still have these moments where we're like, where did they go? And then I thought to myself, well, she went wherever the, wherever the hell she wanted to go. Why do we feel the need to have a certain actor be consistent for us? You know, the idea of success and the consistency of success being the thing that sustains the success, the consistency of work is this idea that doesn't pertain to everybody. When in fact she has been working relatively consistently, but I say that to say 
our idea of success is very individualized. And I found myself checking myself and judging, oh, where, where's Jean Smart been? Why haven't I seen her? Well, she's been working, but also maybe she's just at a cabin on a lake, which is where I threatened to go every other week. I threatened to go on a cabin on the lake, in a cabin on the lake every other week. And I'm 40. I guess I'm too young to be threatening that, but I feel it. I, I threaten it every time s- someone is so self-centered they can't put their signal on in the highway. No one signals anymore. No one says thank you. No one opens doors. Moments like that make me go, I'm going to the cabin. I'm going to the cabin. It's the equivalent of when my mom would say, just give me, <laughs> she used to say, just give me a Viking burial. She just, she said, just push me off into the ocean and set, set me on fire and push me off into the ocean on a wooden raft because enough is enough. So I realized that, you know, people go where the heck they want to go and you need to check your, your idea of success. Because I think the traditional, I guess we can say American idea of success is not sustainable. And we're realizing that. I think we're seeing what that can do. We're seeing what that can do to an individual in, you know, the very public breakdowns of Britney Spears in the past, even Amanda Bynes, a lot of child actors don't make it or they, you know, like Drew Barrymore, not all of us, all of them have the luxury of having Steven Spielberg to step in and get rid of your 13-year-old heroin addict addiction. There are people who have really drowned in the oceans of success. And so it's, it's, it's something to be checked. And I caught myself at the light that day being like, bitch, you better check yourself because success is a, is a ebb and flow ideology within the entertainment industry that can, you either sink or swim in. So congratulations, Jean Smart is the point. She's been working and she's fantastic in that show. And I am duly checking myself from going, where did Jean Smart go? She didn't go anywhere. And if she wants to go to a cabin on a lake, Godspeed. Um, as I spill everything all over my table here. I, I watched, speaking of movies, I watched another upsetting J-Lo movie. I, I just can't. Okay marry me pissed me off beyond reconciliation marry me changed me on a molecular level you know i was just on dead talks um with david ferigio ferigio i'm gonna fuck up his name i gotta say his name right it's i'm an italian i can't mess this up david ferugio i'm saying it right and we were we were kind of talking about this a little bit and, um, you know, how grief changes you on a molecular level. Well, J-Lo's terrible movies does the same to me. Marry Me fucked me up beyond a reasonable doubt. And the shotgun wedding. Why do we need the money? Because we don't need the movie. I'm going to tell you right now, we don't need the movie. I'm going to go out on a opinion limb, which a lot of people take the liberty to walk out on and scream their opinion that nobody asked for. And I'm going to say it's a horrible movie. It can drown in the ocean with Marry Me as well. It's offensive. It's like people are like, well, we've got actors and we've got a location. Why don't we just make a horrible movie? Why not? We need one of those. 
And it's like from the makers of Marry Me comes another piece of trash. They're just phoning it in. And it makes me think of that saying, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because you can make a movie doesn't mean you should, J-Lo. Focus on getting rid of Brad's back tattoo. Ben, not Brad, sorry. I'm projecting my husband, Brad Pitt. Focus on getting rid of Ben's back tattoo instead of taking these horrible, horrible scripts and turning them into horrible movies. That's what I want to say. And I realize that there's a lot of energy coming from me today. And this is a Dr. Peluso episode, so we have to get into some questions. And I do want to talk about how to heal a broken heart, which is the whole point of this episode coming off of Valentine's Day. I'm going to tell you the ways I think you can heal your broken heart. You see how my voice changed like I'm getting... (laughs) Why did my voice just change? I'm like, hey guys, by the way, there's a whole point to this. Because I realize I'm just screaming into the ether and my friend Leah Bonham and I just hung out last week who she's a comedian and writer uh, just an all-around amazing human being who I've known for the better part of two decades and we were both just like ah, like kind of angry and we we've we've coined a new thing a hang a hang an angry hang it's called it's a hangry not like hungry and angry but like you're hanging and you're angry so hangry can have two terms now or two meanings one term two meanings hangry meaning you're hungry and angry or hanging out with your friend and being angry so hanger and and hangry can mean two different things and her and I were just hanging out angry together and it felt great to have that misery really does love and need company it was a fantastic time so shout out to my girl Leah uh, I love you so much <laughs> thank you for being compatible in my hanger. So let's get to some questions today. This is a Dr. P episode. Let's start off nice and light with Tatum Temple, who often submits questions. They ask, when is the last time you had a PB&J? Peanut butter and jelly might be one of the greatest American institutions since a hot dog. I think of those two foods as the foods that created the culinary atmosphere of my childhood. Peanut butter and jelly to me felt like a family member that I was putting into my mouth. Not like that, but for nourishment. It was love. It was comfort. It was consistency. You could rely on it. And there's a special place in hell for people who use crunchy peanut butter for their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I don't mess with you. I don't know you. We don't sit in the same section on the plane. You're in a different section. You are, you are, you have a one-way ticket to hell. If you put crunchy peanut butter on anything, I don't even know that those are peanuts. I think those are remnants from the factory that, that made the peanut butter. I think those are just crunchy things that were lying around on the floor that fell into the peanut butter mix. I don't think we're even supposed to be eating those. But the last time I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I cannot recall I was thinking about this, looking at these questions. I have no idea when the last time was that I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And you made me think how much I want one now. So I'm going to have to make one. And as an adult making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you have to resist the urge to make it healthy. I think you have to go straight, hardcore, jiff, and and, and, and Welch's grape. (laughs) Are you kidding me? There's not a lick of anything healthy in either of those. 
not not one grape was harmed in the manufacturing of that grape jelly because they didn't even use grape. I don't think they used grape. Let's look it up. Let's see. Now maybe Welch's stepped up their game, but let's see. Welch's grape jam. Oh, God. It wasn't even jam because jam actually has the fruit in it. It was jelly. Let's look ingredients. Okay. Oh, I, I stand corrected. Concord grapes. But how many? Corn syrup. Boom. Gone. High fructose corn syrup. Gone. Sugar. You don't even need sugar. Grapes have so much sugar. Fruit pectin, which I think fucks with your hormones. Citric acid, acid, which I think is a, you know, a pres- preservative. And sodium citrate. Those two things aren't too bad for you. The rest of it can fuck off. So I, I, I'm resisting the urge to make a classic peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but I can't because those foods will just jack me up now because I haven't had foods like that in so long. So I'm going to have to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You know what? I'm going to make it Patreon content. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'll make a note. I'm going to make a PB and J for my Patreon. That's, that's, and, and, uh, I'm going to try and make it healthy which I, I, I really feel bad doing. But when you look at these peanut butters that we used to eat as a kid, they're just so bad. Everything we ate was so bad. No wonder we have so many problems. Anyways, this, this is meant to start off light. So Tatum Temple, you've given me Patreon content. Thank you. Sherman, what up, Blakey Sherms? 5465, did you adopt a donkey yet? No, I did not adopt a donkey. That That would require me having the cabin on the lake. And when I have a cabin on the lake, I will be... Also decorating and donning the yard surrounding that cabin with creatures that fit that motif. A couple llama, uh, llamas. I don't. I'm not quite versed on the on the plural of that. Llamas, llama, lamai. A couple donkeys, some pigs. I want a full. Look, if I'm gonna go cabin, you gotta go full cabin. Like we're getting into regenerative regenerative farming. We're going to grow our own weed. We're gonna make our own grape jam. That's what I'm getting into. So no, not yet, Blake. My dreams have not come true yet. Dreams are not that far off. Wood81 asks, when are we lucky enough to see you on the next season of Tattoo Redo? I was just speaking to Kyle, the Kyle, Kevin Bartle, Bartel, who is the executive producer from Best Production Company that filmed and created Tattoo Redo. And we're still the the show is still on the table, just not with Netflix. So it might show up season two on another platform on another streaming service. So when I know you guys will know when I'm able to relay that information, my sharp tongue may bays will be the first ones to hear. So I'll let you know when I know would, and let's see, um, B web cam. Does stubbing your pinky toe hurt more than all the other types of pain? Why does stubbing your pinky toe... <laughs> Let me try this again. B webcam. Why does stubbing your pinky toe hurt more than all other types of pain? It's a very sensitive part of your body, which seems really not conducive to walking, considering that our foot is the first thing that touches the outside world when we're walking. Obviously, we have shoes, but still, it's very vulnerable, isn't it? Our toes are so vulnerable. I feel like our toes should be more like kneecaps. Our toes are like itty witty little bitty parts. And, and, and just takes one bedpost to take them out. Not even that, like a, a tall dog to step on your toe wrong and it takes you out. 
We are so vulnerable. It's amazing we've made it this far. It's amazing we even make it through life with all of our toes because they're so delicate. I can't tell you how many times I've broken my toes a handful of times. And it's just so strange how they're like, yeah, well, there's nothing we can do. That's how delicate our feet are. They can't even fix them. You fuck up your toes. The doctors are like, well, we, that's where we stopped learning. Yeah, we can replace your heart. We can do organ transplants. We can do all these things, but you, you bust a pinky toe. And that is where my medical information and education has stopped. I am not able to assist you in that area. It is, it is baffling. But it hurts so bad. It's so delicate. And maybe, you know, I think pain is obviously a deterrent for us to really injure ourselves. So maybe our pinky toes, they're not really getting hurt, but they're just letting us know that if we fuck up the toe and we lose a toe, we're going to mess up our life. So it just sends pain signals to make us be smarter and walk smarter and avoid certain scenarios where our toes would be in precarious situations. So it's not necessarily that the pain is indicating any real harm, even though it does. And there's actual science to that, of course. But I also think that it's our foot being like, bitch, check yourself before you wreck yourself because we lose a toe and you're going to have a gimp for the rest of your life. I'm help me help you, but you are right. Our toes are so painful. (laughs) Tim fresh one says, can I cook you chicken riggies? Which is cute because I feel like you're saying that, or maybe you're not, but those were my dad's favorite. That was my dad's favorite dish. He had a lot of favorite dishes. He loved, um, sausage and, onions and peppers as a sandwich on a hoagie. And he also loved lasagna. He basically loved all Italian food for the most part. Couldn't stand fish. You can't take, you, you couldn't take him to a fish restaurant. Actually, I took him to a fish restaurant once and he got pissed at me. He was so mad. I brought my dad to a restaurant when he came to visit me in Los Angeles. It was around 2014. And it's so funny in life. You wish you knew so much then so you could savor the moment, but that's, that's the way life goes. And I knew he couldn't stand fish, but I wanted to broaden his horizons. I wanted him to step outside of his palate. I wanted him to expand his palate. So I brought him to one of my favorite restaurants in Los Angeles. It's called the water grill. It is where I bring everybody who I love, who comes to visit me. And the thing I know about the water grills, they also have amazing steak. And my dad loves a steak and loves dessert so he was pissed he's sitting there like i told you you know i don't like fishing and by the way my dad's hanger was an olympic level of fury they should have an olympic event for people who are angry when they're hungry i would probably take the gold but joe peluso for sure would at least be silver and his anger would would be scary <laughs> as a kid. We always thought dad had a temper. No, he just was hungry all the time. Feed him. There's nothing wrong with Joe Peluso. Just get him a sandwich. And I'm the same way. I'm not a bitch. I'm just hungry. Just give me a snack. I'll change like that. So I brought him to this restaurant and he's so pissed that there's fish. It's all fish, fish of the day. And he's like, fuck, what am I going to eat? There's nothing for me to eat. And then he sees that there's a small section of the menu that is turf uh, you know there's some steak and some other I think maybe some pork options I don't eat pork but you know Joe Puso loves all that so he got a steak in his words one of the best steaks I think I have a photo of him somewhere on one of my hard drives of him just happy as a clam shoving steak right down the gullet 
We had a bananas foster for dessert, which is chef's kiss to the water grill. That meal that night was magical, but uh, cooked chicken riggies in honor of Joe Peluso for sure. Let's see what else we have here. Um, Isabella 44, any tips on balancing self-acceptance and love with pushing yourself to be the best? Hashtag Virgo. Any tips on balancing self-acceptance and love with pushing yourself to be the best? Well, there's a lot there. You know, I feel like there's two questions there. Tips on balancing self, self-acceptance and love. And how do you push yourself to be the best? And I understand that you're saying, how do you do all that wrapped into one? You know, I think by wanting to balance, I don't know if balance is the right word, wanting to achieve or actualize self-acceptance and self-love is pushing yourself to be the best. And that kind of wraps into this episode of how to heal a broken heart. And, you know, coming off of Valentine's Day, I, I am not myself someone who really celebrates Valentine's Day, regardless if I'm with someone or not. I don't buy into the commercialization, the commercialization of love or the marketing of love. And I don't think love needs a holiday. I think love is a moment. I think love is an experience. And I think um, a broken heart is an important journey in all of that. Now, with your question about how to balance self-acceptance and love, it's really about creating space. And I can only speak from what I've done for myself to create a feeling of self-love. And that's the most important feeling you can have is loving yourself. And it sounds so simplistic and kind of cheesy to even talk about, but it really is the most important relationship you can have. And, and this episode can be two things really now that I'm talking out loud, because learning to love yourself and learning how to heal a broken heart goes into a very similar path because it, to me, the way to really heal a broken heart is through self-love and ways that I've embarked in that path for myself and learning how to love myself more is giving myself some space and creating space for things that I love to do alone. I think it's really important to learn how to love being alone. So many of us fear, uh, being alone. And I think we get sort of convoluted. Our idea of loneliness and being alone and feeling alone gets convoluted. I think those are two different things. I think loneliness and being alone are two separate experiences in our life. And I think it's totally normal to experience loneliness, but you are able to handle being alone, managing yourself when you're feeling the sadness of loneliness, if that makes sense. Because when you're feeling loneliness, for me, when I'm feeling like I'm lonely, I'm feeling vulnerable, I'm feeling insecure, I'm feeling a lack of self-worth, and there's ways to combat that. Reaching out to friends and, you know, doing stuff that you love and all of that. But I think when you learn to really be alone and be okay with that, the feelings of loneliness come fewer and fewer. And we all experience it. Every single person, even people who are surrounded by people, feel loneliness. I mean, I I used to say being in New York City felt like being in the loneliest city in the world sometimes. When you're surrounded by millions of people, you still can feel lonely. And learning how to love yourself is 
the antidote for that. And for me, I've spent a lot of time alone. I spent a lot of time alone as a kid. And I think that really helped me as an adult because I enjoy being alone. I'm okay being alone. And when I'm alone, I really do a lot of work on myself. I think about things and, and, and journaling really as cheesy as it sounds, it sounds like such a juvenile task or juvenile thing to do. Journaling is a great way to track your thoughts and to also dump them out of your brain. Your brain isn't meant to hold on to all of these thoughts we have. We have like what, 60,000 to a hundred thousand thoughts a day with some of those genius brains out there. And all those thoughts aren't meant to be kept up in that dome. Got to get them out on a piece of paper and let them flow through you. And so when I'm alone and and trying to work on my self-love, I'm really journaling. I have picked up some of the habits and old uh, things that I used to do as a kid that I would love to do, like painting and writing. I used to creative write creatively all the time, poems and things like that. I'm a creative person and I like to create. I've always been that way. So I think it's important when you're on this journey of actualizing self-love is realizing what do you enjoy to do. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What are things that you enjoy doing and when you're alone finding space and time to do those things if it's in, if it's painting go out to the shop go out to the paint shop and get some supplies and and do what you need to do to create space and time and create time to do that self-love really has to do with doing things that you love that aren't involved with other people i think so much of our day we're placating to other people and we're doing what other people want to do because we want to be accepted. We want to be loved. We want to survive and, and be a part of the tribe. But when the tribe's not around in those moments where you are alone, those are the most important times of your life where you need to feel secure. And the way to feel secure is through that self-love. Also, sleep is so important. We've talked about it so much on this podcast, but rest really is king. These past couple days, I took a lot of time to rest and I, it, it changes your mentality. It changes everything for you. Just having that extra energy, you show up for yourself more and and you can show up for other people, but it's all about filling your cup first and finding out what fills your cup and what really brings you joy is how you can experience self-love and doing that and finding time to do that and being comfortable doing that alone is so vital figuring out how to be alone and not feeling lonely truly is the key to self-worth and self-love in my opinion so i hope that helps you isabella i hope it helps you in your journey and don't worry about pushing yourself to be the best because you're already doing that in this question i i think and it reminds me of the four agreements you know that book that is i believe a classic i think it's been around for a while um and the four agreements 
are it's very simple the four agreements are um uh don't make assumptions right is that let's just let me just pull up the book here we go don miguel ruiz ruiz i know that there's um don't make assumptions and don't take things personally and always do your best and be impeccable with your word. Those are the four agreements. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. And if you stick with that through most aspects of life, I feel like for me, remembering that is vital to getting through most scenarios with people, with things that frustrate me, even though I started this podcast screaming at JLo, I really should have thought about the four agreements before I did that. And I apologized to her. I apologized to her. So check out those, the four agreements on your path of self-love, Isabella, and be impeccable with your word. Don't make assumptions. Don't take things personally and always do your best. And I wish you the best. Let's see. What else do we have? Megan Rose, 1987. Give me some big words on overcoming trauma-induced anxiety. Big words. Well, we talk a lot about trauma. I've spoken very publicly about mine and what I've experienced I've spoke about it on this podcast and other people's podcasts on Rogan and on Ryan Sickler's podcast and, and more recently on Dead Talks. I spoke about my experience with grief, which, which is an ongoing experience and traumatic in its own right. I think overcoming trauma, the most important thing for me has been identifying the source of it. There's been multiple traumas in my life and experiences that have caused me trauma and, and types of PTSD types of times in my life where I'm battling PTSD and depression and, and recognizing and identifying those as symptoms of, of what happened to me. The most important thing for me has been overcoming the victimhood of it and, uh, and realizing I'm not a victim of anything because if you have that mentality, you stay there. And a lot of people in society choose victimhood. I think there's a lot of reasons and I'm not pointing fingers. I think a lot of people don't have the resources to heal. I also think a lot of people don't want to grow because healing requires growth and and growth requires change. And a lot of people don't want to change. Change takes effort and growing takes effort and overcoming trauma takes a daily concerted effort because you have to wake up and acknowledge who you are today and acknowledge that you are not the victim of what happened to you. And what happened what happened to you doesn't have to define you but it can determine you and uh, you know my friend chris mcclure and i discussed that and and we've talked about that on this podcast as well you have the choice to determine how you evolve from the thing that caused the trauma and the trauma can be this overbearing monster that has control over your every move and a lot of people that's how they exist in life they don't even realize it they don't even realize that they are the puppet master of their own suffering and acknowledging that suffering is a a consistent battle is a very important step in healing and it took me a lot of time money resources to identify certain things that happened to me as a kid and identify ways that I was holding myself back. And it's interesting how separate traumas can weave into one. And it becomes this vine of 
like it's like this traumatic vine that's inside of your being and your spirit and everything you do just keeps getting woven into this core cause of of your destruction and how you step out into the world and it's only you that can hold the tool to hatchet that down you are the 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 source you are the problem and you are the answer and i realized that all for myself those are all things that i said to myself and i say to myself and overcoming trauma cannot be done cannot be done alone overcoming trauma requires specialists requires professionals patience time kindness to yourself a lot a lot a lot of purging you have to get rid of a lot of people sometimes you have to get rid of the people places and things that were in that time of your traumatic experience sometimes we hang on to people to hang on to the trauma so we don't have to evolve and i think changing the way you do things is the most important step in the path of growth because we I, I, I can't stand that saying. It's just the way it's been done. I don't like when people say that to me. Well, we can't do it another way. That's the way it's been done. Well, obviously, we need to do it another way. Obviously, at some point, someone did something different and change happened. Whether it's how we build cars or how we built planes or how we built society's infrastructure, let's start with our own soul infrastructure. However you've been doing it isn't working. And the way it's always been done isn't working. So it's time to shake shit up. When it comes to healing from trauma and trauma-induced anxiety, you got to shake some shit up and you got to get deep and you have to be honest with yourself and you have to have those honest conversations, those painful, dark, dark side shadow work that requires you to really see yourself as you are as opposed to how you step out into the world. You know, Brett Costin is somebody I work with and he always talks about your image versus your essence, your essence being who you actually are and your image being who you project out to the world. And those two things need to be aligned. And those two things will not be aligned if you stand in your victimhood, if you let your trauma rule you, and if you refuse to grow. And, and it takes a lot of time to get there. And it's not impossible. Megan Rose, it's not impossible. Anybody listening, there are resources and there are ways. Get yourself a mentor. Get yourself a life coach. And you know what? There are people out there who will do it for free. I'm not saying they're great and I'm not saying they're terrible. I'm saying that there are ways to get whatever you want done if you're resourceful and ambitious enough. So I wish you the best in that journey. And we're, we're almost, I can't believe we've been talking this much, but I, I want to get to how to heal a broken heart. Coming off of Valentine's Day and, you know, the holiday that I think is just so cheesy. It, it, it's the holiday where people buy shitty chocolates and think it's okay. I don't want your shitty chocolates. I want dark chocolate. I want expensive chocolate. I want a chocolate that, that a man-made, not man-made, but like a man-made, like a baker made in one of those fancy hats and he poured and the chocolate melted and it had that like, you know that chocolate thing? And it, it's got all the, it's like a... <laughs> I don't know what you call it because I don't make chocolate. I just want fancy chocolates. And I think Valentine's Day is like a budget Halloween holiday where it's okay to give crappy chocolate. And I don't accept it. I don't accept your your shitty chocolate rose. I'm sorry. But a lot of broken hearts. You know, a lot of relationships probably mended on Valentine's Day. And a lot of people probably felt worse about themselves because they were single. But I took to Twitter 
which is a fun place to do a poll. I do polls on Twitter often, and I ask Twitter how have they healed after a broken heart. So here are some ways people in the world have healed from a broken heart. One of my best friends says, what, what is this healing thing you speak of? Hilarious. That's my homeboy, Marty Caproni. Someone said, not long after my last breakup, I started doing stand-up and almost ramped up on all other creative outlets. Okay, so you can get creative with it. That's an interesting way to heal a broken heart. Turn that pain into purpose, I think is a huge positive and uh, definitely a healthy way to deal with a broken heart. Someone else said cocaine and hookers or prayer. Wow, that those are on complete opposite ends of the spectrum. I believe that's actually heaven and hell. If you had to describe what goes on in either of those realms, cocaine and hookers in hell and prayer in heaven. And then he says, depends on if I got the engagement ring back. Damn. Journaling and burning photos, working out and listening to music, just realizing life does go on after a shitty breakup. That's a really good one. And also, I'm also here for the journaling and even here for the burning of photos. I'm a firm believer that items hold energy and it's evident. And when we look at something, it can elicit an emotion. So there's an emotional connection to an item we hold in our hand. And I think it's often why when you go to a psychic, they ask for something because they, they know you're emotionally attached to it. And, and I think it's no different from when you're going through a breakup. These things that you did together, the ticket, the concert tickets and the lanyards and maybe the bracelets and the little clay thing that you made, throw it all out. We don't get to keep anything when we die. And so our obsession with tangible items is one of the reasons we are suffering. And, and the more often you get rid of these things that are linked to people who are no longer good for you, the more free you become. And I've done that even in the process of letting go of my parents and the process of letting go of, of partners. I have burned and thrown things out. So I'm fully here for that. In so many of my relationships, I lost sight of my own goals. I just let it hurt until it doesn't hurt anymore. Time does its thing. It's true. Time has a way of healing our wounds. And I think it's what you do within that time that can be detrimental or completely liberating. So it depends on how you're spending that time. Time doesn't heal all wounds if you're just drinking and fucking off. You have to be doing something somewhat constructive to your being within that time. Let's see. Uh, another person said prostitutes and coke. One person says got drunk as shit until my brother came and told me to pull myself up by my bootstraps and function. So having family members around is very important. Another person said I was admitted to the psych ward and I never want to be there again. So yeah, that helped. <laughs> Look, love makes you do crazy things. And if you felt like you needed the help of a psych ward, that's, you know, you could have gone to family, but maybe you needed to get there. And I hope it helped you. Scott said overkill at the gym. Brittany said, I don't get UTIs anymore. Just pretend like it was okay. It sucks. I don't advise it. Now I stay single by choice. At least it's what I tell myself. <laughs> Someone said, get lost in prod work and projects. That's another way to do. I think it's important to find a way to channel that energy because while it's important to give a stage to our emotions, and for me, it's always important to feel what I feel. Because if you don't allow your emotions to be felt, they'll come out in different ways. And I think that's where a lot of disease comes from. And 
I think it's also important to feel your emotions, but it's also important to fuel the energy and to direct it someplace because it's all this energy, all that emotions can have buildup of energy. You know, anger is, is such a motivating, motivating energy. I think it's a great energy to use. You know, if you feel angry, go to the gym. If you feel sad, go for a walk. There's a way to move these emotions when you're going through a breakup. I think it's so important to move your emotions and to find ways to expel that energy and the emotional aspect of it is is rooted in in energy and finding a way to just get that through your body and out expel it out can be really healthy and you know being artistic like a lot of these people are saying they got lost in works work and projects distance from the other person yes i think you need to delete and block I don't think we, do, we this whole idea that we need to be friends afterwards and like there's some honorable oh we're best friends and we broke up but I'm friends with all my exes I think that's strange and I could be judgy I'm being judgy I think it's important to be judgy I don't think we need to be friends with all our exes that's a little narcissistic no why do I need to be friends with you we had an experience and and now it's over friends with some sure but I don't think it's necessary and I think it's healthier to burn delete and block to be honest and i'm gonna number these i'm gonna put a list of i'm gonna do five ways to heal a broken heart i think um burning deleting and blocking everything is vital uh let's see how did heal from a broken heart justin martindale said they died and that's not not true his his ex died and that's one way to get over an ex is if they die it's kind of the best way right you're like well i don't have to worry about you being with somebody else besides Jesus. So congratulations, Justin, you got away and got off better than all of us. Alcohol and venting to friends. I don't recommend boozing a lot, but I do recommend leaning on your friends, but not too much, not too much. We got to cut that off at some point. I'm going to make that number one, leaning on friends, but not too much. We don't want to hear about your breakup forever. At some point you've got to do and take over the healing process. I think it's good to like get it out in the beginning with your friends, but then we don't want to hear it. Okay. Jake, we all knew Jake was an asshole. It took you two years, Brittany. Why did it take you two years to figure out what we all knew in two, two minutes? So get journaling and start burning your concert tickets. Um, self-love new things to keep you busy. I do think trying new things is going to go on the list. That's vital. Trying new things, challenging yourself. You know, a lot of the times when people get divorced or they break up, they do the thing that their exes hated. Do something your ex hated to do and find joy in it. Do something just for you. Try something new. Challenge yourself. Learn a new skill. There, there's, there's nothing lost in learning something new. It's such a great way to challenge yourself and to get over somebody who didn't deserve you. Surround yourself with good, supportive people. Weed out the toxic people. This works in all aspects of life. That's a great idea. And this girl says being alone. I think most people feel like you got to go be with someone new. But I found with being alone and getting in touch with who I am without anyone else, that's where you really grow. That I'm, Girl, I'm making that number five. Being okay, being alone. Because a lot of the times we get into relationships to avoid feeling lonely, like what we were talking about earlier. And that's the worst way to get into a relationship. That's the worst reason to get into a relationship. I do believe we are 
obviously we know we're social beings and social creatures and, and socializing is a vital survival mechanism for us. It is vital for our brain. It's one of the most important things for your brain's growth and your cognitive staving off cognitive decline is staying social. And I also think it's important for us to learn how to be social with ourselves. And when you go through a breakup, you want to jump right back out there. I don't recommend that. I don't think that's a healthy way to do it, to just jump back out and get with somebody else. All you're doing is rinsing and repeating possibly the behaviors that caused you to go through a breakup in the first place. It's also a good time when you're alone to do some self-reflecting. How did you show up? What did you do that you've always done in all of your relationships that maybe you need to start changing? Are you even loving yourself? Are you just keeping a person around to avoid dying alone? It's a horrible reason. I, I, I can't think of a worse reason to be with somebody. And you can still be with somebody and feel alone because you're with them for the wrong reasons. So I think it's important to, to figure out who you are and what is really important to you. And if you are compromising that for the sake of company, you shouldn't compromise for the sake of company. And it will always creep back up. It will always creep back up. The truth always will find its light. And it, it can be so much harder on yourself if you deny that. So I think going through a breakup, take some time and figure out how you occur. What can you do differently? And I guarantee you, you could always show up better for yourself. I guarantee you that's something you could always put a little bit more work into in a, in a way to add some value into who you are as a human is to do some work on yourself because then when you're with somebody you're not with them because you need them and that desperation won't push somebody away i think feeling comfortable being solo and and taking yourself out on dates is is the best way to heal through a broken heart and i hope you guys found some value in this episode i will add some information in the show notes about some of the things we discussed and some resources for you guys, as well as I will be putting a video of me making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich up this week on my Patreon page. So don't forget to join that. Where am I going to be? I'm on the road. Not for a couple months, but let's see. We got some dates coming up. I'm going to be 420. I'm going to be at the Everett Theater in Everett, Washington. I'm going to be at Cap City Comedy in Key West, Florida, the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. I will also be somewhere i'm gonna be in vancouver i'm gonna be in freaking chicago in july i'm gonna be in new jersey at uncle Vinny's in august and i'm gonna be in um, house of comedy plano texas in september all these dates are available on my website house of comedy at the mall of america minnesota in september and a bunch of other dates and cities will be at jessiemay.com. Don't forget to learn how to love yourself. That's the best way to heal your broken heart. Become successful for you. Block and delete those mofos. Throw away and burn your concert tickets and move on. Hanging on to things means that they have a grip on you. So the, the more you loosen your grip on items, the more space you create within your soul to be who you really are and to experience who you really are and to actually experience some self-love create some space and you create space to learn how to love yourself and that's that's the biggest journey that should be the journey that we're all on and i hope this episode helped you guys step out in that and i love you
the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.